Hello team, it's Fab here, founder and head teacher at All Marketing School and your Marketing BFF. I want to remind you that there is a special invitation for you to join us for the Alt Marketing Certification. Get certified as a positive impact strategy and make people fall in love with you and your work. Reclaim your time, understand the marketing foundations with a positive impact spin. If you are a marketing freelancer who wants to raise the quality of services and do more with less, or maybe you are an early stage marketeer ready to invest to gain real experience in building a strategy with purpose, or you're a marketing leader who wants to be recognized as a go-to expert and tackle new growth challenges. Whether you are beginners or whether you have some confidence into your strategy, we want to support you. We want to help you achieve your strategic goals, toss confettis in the air, and blast your favorite hype song as you get through eight incredible weeks with me and the rest of our faculty. Think about our certification as marketing training at university standards, not prices. So if you're ready to join us and you want to check out our incredible curriculum, all you have to do is go to amschool.click slash certification. I repeat, amschool.click slash certification to find out more and learn what you are going to go through in our eight weeks. From marketing foundations all the way to leadership and storytelling skills, we're also going to cover strategic marketing blocks and advanced marketing tools. Plus, you get workshops, hot seats, group work, and even timely panels with incredible experts in the field. So what are you waiting for? No, I mean it. Our next cohort is starting real soon. So make sure that you head to amschool.click slash certification to come and join us and learn how to market to hearts, not to brains. Welcome to Alt Marketing School. We are currently bringing together a new wave of marketers, just like yourself. We want to provide you with the skills to speak to your audience perfectly, empower clients with winning strategies to market their brands, champion their values, and make a positive impact in the online world. My name is Fab, and I'm your host. May the class begin. Hello team, and welcome back to Alt Marketing School. My name is Fab, and I am your teacher. And today I'm very excited to be talking about getting focused and productive. I'm not sure I feel like I'm very focused myself these days. I have been so tired. Um, we just finished up the accelerator for the course for the certification on marketing school, the actual certification. And I found myself really needing some of the lessons you learned today, some of the reminders not just about focus meetings, which is some we're going to talk about today, but focus and purpose in general. And I think just, you know, getting back to our rhythms and our routines. I'm really excited and privileged that we can actually build our certification with the support of Maven, which is an amazing company. And I'm sure I'll be able to talk more about the process as well for you, because I know it's something that you were interested in, but also has been really taking a toll. So today it was a great conversation, not just for you, my lovely peeps, but also for myself. So today I'm talking to Austin. And in case you don't know Austin Nicholas, uh, since 2005, Austin has been serving as a trust architect for the likes of Google, Booking.com, and even Nestle. What he specializes in is providing the tools and training for teams to conduct remote meetings with purpose. And 
this goes back to its core purpose of actually enable companies to adapt to the virtual flexible working environment which honestly is not going everywhere. So the idea is still to maintain productivity, but also making sure that everyone is on the same page, whilst at the same time being able to develop better system and habits. So what we're going to talk about today is actually the seven habits of highly focused meetings, and it's something that he even talked about in his book, which has got the same name. If you are an old marketing pro, Remember, you can access the members-only section of this interview next week with loads of exciting questions, as well as tools, as well as books, and a couple more tips that Austin is sharing for budding entrepreneurs, which definitely resonated with me. If you're not an old marketing pro, don't you worry, we got your cover. All you have to do to access your bonus episodes, recordings, as well as some very interesting brand new things coming up is going to altmarketingschool.com slash pro. This is where you can find everything you'll be able to access as a pro member, as well as even checking out some of the current content and incredible bonus episodes that you can get just as a pro. I sincerely hope you are ready to get focused because today's class is about to begin. There we go, squirrel friends. We are back. We are back today with Austin at Old Marketing School. Hello, Austin. How are you? Hello, all. Very well. Nice to well, nice to meet you, Fab, and great to be with you on the show. I'm really excited to have you. And as I was saying to you before we jumped on, I love to be able to chat with people that I don't know as much as I love to talk to people that I do know because I get to know Z around what you do and the fact that you talk about, we talked about habits, focus, rhythms, mindset. So I know already we're in for a good one, but it's going to be even more fun to dive deep. Now Z's. First though, we warm up, you know, it's still quite warm in the UK and hopefully in Riga where you are as well. But I thought let's still kind of warm it up a bit. It's like, yeah, sounds good. <laughs> like, mm. I've got two simple questions for you. And the first one, I give you option. So Austin, what is the biggest piece of advice, either about business or maybe even time management, that you disagree with and why? Oh, God, stop to me that. Okay. Biggest <laughs> bit of advice that, or the typical business bit of advice that, I disagree with. Okay, the extroverts are probably the best salespeople. Oh, I like it. I think extroverts use this too much and not these enough. So I think the best salespeople, the best communicators are often the people that activate these more than this. So I think typically, I think people that are introverted who think they can't sell, it's actually that they can sell. They just know, they just are very good at asking questions. And like yourself, are very curious and... Um, I think those are the people that often do very well when it comes to selling and, and communicating effectively. I love that. It's, it's a great reminder that sometimes we forget to listen, obviously, because if people are listening, they're like, what? Uh, so we're talking about listening to your ear, with your ears instead of talking as much. And I think a lot of the time, and I'm pretty sure we'll come up again in conversation, we focus so much about telling people what we do and who we are and how we can help people, then we don't really listen to exactly what maybe they need help with because we're all different in one way or another. And I think that's one of the key things. That's how we get people attention and people to relate and to connect with us is to actually 
listen to the real problem that they are facing instead of what we think they do have as an issue. Correct. Now, I have a fun question on the back of that, talking about business again. Okay, if you could start a new business tomorrow, like money is an issue, marketing is an issue, know that whatever you launch into the world, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of warm up the question today, he's thinking already, he's like, shit again. Uh, <laughs> it can be anything. What would be a business that you would love to launch and why? Money is an issue, marketing is an issue, it's all figured out for you, we are ready to hit plug and everything is going to start. Okay, I would, a business that I uh, learned about relatively recently that I was really taken back by and inspired by was um, Scott Harrison. He he created a, um, a charity called, um, well, it's Charity Water, actually. The book's called Thirst. It's a, it's a fantastic book where he's just trying to essentially ensure that everyone in the world has clean drinking water. And if everyone does have that, then the world would be a hell of a lot better place because it would potentially remove most illnesses from the planet because a lot of them are waterborne. So I would like to have a very purpose-driven business that probably every entrepreneur wants to try and leave the, the world in a better place. In terms of my vertical, I would probably just like to become Scott Harrison's buddy. If money's not an objective, I'd like to be his sort of right-hand man and, 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 and yeah, make a real dent in tackling this problem and ensuring if I could add any value to that, then, then happy days. But it's I'm doing some work around that subject, but it's still a little bit, let's say, further away than, than I'd anticipated and, and possibly I need to have a little bit more time in the trenches before uh, I can get to that level, let's say. I love that. And... Obviously, here at All Marketing School, we're really big believers about supporting and being part of purpose-driven brands and also seeing how we can make that difference. And I know that even with, in a different way, obviously, but with what you're doing, not just with Get Focus and with your team, but also with the book that you wrote and what you are championing and what you are actually encouraging people to do and whether you're helping them, I think in a way, and I'm, that's kind of where I want to dive in, because obviously, like anything that is related to habits and focus is my cup of tea, not just because I wrote a book myself about it, but um, I think it's what can make us happier and what can make us more fulfilled. And I also believe that when you are running or when you are supporting purpose-driven business, a business that is rooted in value, a business that requires so much work and sometimes so much of your energy, we really need to remember that taking care of ourselves is what can help us whether we're running the business or whether we are marketers helping running another business, make things more efficient, but also show up when we need to show up. And is so interesting to see that with the rise of more purpose-driven brands, there's also a rise of awareness around the role of the entrepreneurs who want to lead this journey. It's like we used to feel that we should be one way. And that's kind of what I want to start diving deep into the, the topic you know, we have to be constantly driven, but driven means, you know, stretching ourselves, means doing more, means, you know, taking more things out of our to-do list. And I think, you know, going back to the mindset, I'm wondering whether that would be one of the things that needs to change first in order for us to get more focused, in order for us to make a positive change. I know that you talk a lot in the book um, and in general about um, habits, obviously rhythm and mindset, but is there one of them that come first? Would you say, or is it more about the person that wants to make this change and get more focused? 
Yeah, sure. I think in some ways, yes, I think you touched on values. I think understanding really, I know it's, it's a bit of a cliche now, thanks to Mr. Sinek, but understanding your why, let's say, and I think as all marketers, you'd know uh, who Simon Sinek is. So I think in some respects, when you understand your why and what is your real purpose, I think that's a big word. And I, I, I always am hesitant to say the word purpose because I think with all entrepreneurs, you always want to be thinking you're just sort of making progress rather than purpose because I think purpose is a very huge word. And that's where some people can get themselves in a bit of a tiz was thinking, crikey, I don't know what my purpose is. I, I don't know what I'm doing. But going back to the question, um, yeah, it's got to be mindset is first. And then because kind of because on a mindset, it creates your thoughts, your thoughts lead to habits and your habits lead to actions and in many ways if you don't have the right mindset you can't create the right thoughts that lead to the right habits that lead to the right actions. so in many ways I think habits are the fulcrum for success I'd say but I think without having that starting point of having the right mindset you won't be able to develop the right habits to effectively create success and it's up to you what you want how you define success you know um i think you touched on the word happy i think i've had a recent revelation that i'm in the happiness industry people think i'm in the meeting industry and it's like well no i'd like to sort of think that i'm more in the happiness industry because i think that happiness comes down to really having close connections a sense of optimism and uh, high self-esteem and by purposefully communicating with people are you being focused and ensuring that kind of you're sharing kind of communication stems from the word communicare which for that which is latin to share so if you're sharing purposefully uh, with others you, you're almost ticking all those boxes you know and and that's what sort of drives a real sense of happiness and fulfillment in people and when it comes to that i love that you touched on habits again as as the, the folk of yourself that success of actually being able to see the results you want so I'm going to ask you, would you say that there are set habits that you think people should look to develop or is it really individual to different people or is it kind of case by case? The reason why I'm asking this is because there might be some peeps listening that are like, OMG, is it going to tell me to wake up at 5 a.m. every morning? Is that what I have to do for the rest of my days? So that's why I'm asking this question, just because I think a lot of people still have that lack of understanding of how can I find the habits that work for me? Sure. Okay. I am a big advocate of, of getting up early and the miracle morning and, and I'm an ice dipper. And I, I have a crazy morning routine, but, and, and I think once you develop these habits, you realize what benefits they're, they're, they're providing and giving you. And, and you do, I and mean, that's when you start craving them. And when you crave a habit, that's a good thing. As always, it's a good habit, but you, you can also crave bad habits. You know, that's, that's what habits are about. And it's just trying to understand what, I know the habits are in many ways part of your identity you know and you have a choice you make the decision what sort of habit you want to be adopting but if it comes back to let's say connecting or communicating purposefully yeah we recommend seven habits where I, I'm not the best at remembering things so that's why I make things easy to remember so we've created it as a bit of a cheesy acronym but uh, we believe that always when you wanting to communicate with people effectively you've got to be free from distractions so I think that's the number one we even built a, a piece of hardware for this um, where you put your phone in it's, a, it's, it's the huddle um, so in a meeting if it's an in-person meeting to ensure that you're free from distractions you put your phone in in the device and then be open to engage i think um if if you're not open to engage it's going to be quite hard to communicate and then i think yeah commit to the routine uh so commit to the rhythm that you're suggesting that you want to communicate with that 
person or though that team um because trust is a habit kind of if you're wanting to build trust with that person it takes time it takes work it takes consistency you just got married you're not going to get married after just meeting someone you know what i mean that to build that you need to ensure that you have a, a rhythm a commit to that rhythm and then um yeah you unite so you i know this goes more into the you can see here our, our little sort of the four habits of actual meeting but yeah it's important to unite on the objectives or the goals of what you're trying to achieve uh, then you share ideas and that's where you sort of share and, and and whatnot and then you go into an evaluation mode where you sort of, sort of it, and a brainstorming is interesting because people think that brainstorming is all blue sky thinking in my eyes brainstorming is more of a quite is, is, is yes you do your sharing and your blue sky thinking before having a brainstorming meeting but then it's actually a time to really refine and, and understand really what are the best ideas that high impact less effort 80 20 principle you know and then delegate and so it's actually kind of being accountable and, and saying yeah i'm going to put my name on that task or, or on that to do or on that habit and i'm going to accomplish it and where we're starting to evolve more is that yes it's it's quite a um we're pretty much focused on helping companies sort of mainly scaling so they've gone from sort of we call them the teenage companies you know it's quite chaotic and they're needing to put structures and systems in place to help them scale and attract and retain their talent but i think one thing that we're sort of mindful of is that we it's a bit cheesy as well to say this but we're, we're human beings not human doings you know and i think it's important to actually understand that there's other things that people do need to have to be fulfilled so it's all very well setting your head goals as a team and saying this is what needs to be done but I do think there is value in sort of sharing your heart and health goals with 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 your accountability team and with your with your peers, because in many ways, uniting and sharing your goals does give the power of accountability is huge. You know, it ensures it gets you, you, you do it. You don't want to let the team down. You don't want to be the person that's slacking, you know, and I think having shared goals is a is a real sort of which worked for me i'm pleased to say i've lost 14 kilos in a year so i think kind of that's through sharing goals and it's just like now i'm buying into that i've shared it i'm going to do it because and that's what personal trainers are at the end of the day they're accountability partners but they get paid a load of money to do it so you don't need to hire an account a personal trainer just share that goal with the team and, and get on and do it Stop the habits what i love about this and again i want to ask you the question actually around this because obviously I had quite a few conversations, especially as lockdown started and then continued around, you know, meetings, productive meetings, kind of like connecting. And, and I think a lot of us almost took, took the from granted, especially when it was offline, you know, it would, it would happen. It would be kind of like a normal part of, of your routine. And because then Zoom happened, Zoom fatigue happened. So the, the virtual office really made, like made us realize how much time we're spending, but also what is happening during those meetings and I want to hear because that's what I've heard and it was really interesting to me is that at first the meeting especially in Zoom became quite how can I say quite matter of fact it was objective we need to do this that's what we're going to do clear agenda and off we go so people wanted to make them more effective more sharp which I'm all for as well I think is very important depending on the meeting but then probably by the end of last year, beginning of this year, it's been interesting to see how then people crave that connection again. So we went from just wanting to be as fast as possible and getting it done with because we had so many. So then kind of missing a bit still that that moment of, you know, gathering around the table or just kind of getting the coffee ready. And that's where I love your mention about the accountability and sharing goals and also be able to connect a bit more rather than just being 
almost too efficient. I don't know if mm-hmm. I'm making sense. It's like, why do we find the balance between being effective and being efficient and getting there and getting the most out of a meeting, but also being able to crave, get that space for connection to create that accountability and that support, if I am making sense? Because I think it's a fine Yeah, topic. totally. Totally. And I, I agree 100% really, Fab. And, and I think there is there is actually, I, I not that long ago, probably six or three to six months ago, I, I listened to a podcast with the, it was Guy Raz podcast behind uh, the two people behind Atlassian, and they just said Atlassian is Jira, and they're, they're a huge. It's a, they're the first unicorn from Australia, and they've gone fully remote. And their strategy is simply that kind of meetings are about connecting, not getting work done. End of story. Kind of obviously, their their head honchos are. Jira, which is the, one of the biggest project management solutions on the planet. So they are going to say that because there are tools and systems out there to, to, to ensure and to keep track on what's been done and who's doing what and everything like that. Kind of with Get Focused, yes, we are moving into that little space, but we're almost just trying to say these are tasks worth tackling. Just focus on those. You know, it's, it's again, 80-20, 80-20. So therefore, if you, if you have this transparency and people are buying into the system and just sort of committing to that system, it leaves so much more time to just, like you said, shoot the shit, you know, just see what's where people are at. And and I loved your sort of your icebreakers kind of, we have a very icebreaker is where you red, amber, green. And obviously if people are going into the meeting all feeling red, it's just like, well, what can we do to, to make you a little bit more amber or green? And obviously if, if, if you sense that there's a trend, it's like, well, should we be even having this meeting if, if everyone's red? Or what can we do to pick people up a little bit, you know, and what are the problems here? And so I think it's when we're not getting those micro moments of connection, when we're not getting, and that's what humans do crave is human connection. It's not the same over uh, Zoom as it is in person. But if you actually consciously, again, it's having the right mindset. If you have the right mindset for that, that experience, you can get close to it. You know, it's great to meet you. It'd be nice to have a drink and nice to, but it's it's still, it's just, you can still share, you know? And I think sometimes people, I think there is a quality, not quantity. We're not suggesting people have back-to-back meetings. We want to streamline meetings. We want to try and ensure that you can free up more time to spend on things that really do matter. And that's whether that is spending time with your friends and family or actually getting some work done or like you sort of saying earlier is about just keeping yourself well, you know, mentally and physically well. And I think that's, that's, that's crucial. And I think that's a big thing as well that I've been thinking about and I've realized and actually Quite naturally, I did something going to the back-to-back meeting before I had one more question I was kind of thinking about. I actually started implementing something called buffer time. Oh, I call it buffer time. Probably people intuitively might know, but the idea is that I realized that when I used to go to meetings in London, because I was working in London twice a week, because we had quite a few meetings, there will be time to travel, if anything, or if not, there will be like some time just to kind of shift or move from one place to another. Maybe I needed to do something with the team. So I never would go back to back in meetings because it was almost physically impossible, especially if you have to take even like a walk to go to a cafe and just mm-hmm. kind of change mm-hmm. there. And I was like, why am I not doing that now? It's so easy to try and fill our calendar because we see our calendar. And that goes back to what you just said about the importance of making that time for whatever it is, whether it's work, play, rest you know, is almost some people block their calendar with the free time, with the time to go for a walk, because we tend to be so hardwired. So the best thing that I did for myself was having buffer time 
in between the different meetings I have. If I have a day where I know I'm going to have a few meetings and I open for that, the, that buffer time is huge. And it's been really interesting. I don't know if you had the same for me to have conversation with clients and people and say, why don't you do it? It's like, well, because then I cannot fit as many as much in. And I'm like, yeah, but this, you know, how, how can you actually be completely ready for the next meeting? How can you make the space for the next meeting if you don't even need to take, take the time to realize what just happened? What do you need to do? What do you need to action? And that goes back into the idea of also of whether routines and having some systems can actually help us be more efficient, as well as other things that we talked about. What what would you what would you count as a routine? I have some ideas, but I want to hear what those look like for you, and how can people implement one or two ideas from that? Yeah, well, there's a simple one that typically I think the default on if you're on G calendar or scheduling meetings, default is sixty minutes. So I think if you're holding a sixty minute meeting, make it forty five. Automatically, you have that fifteen minute buffer, and and I think then if you can sort of make that forty five minute meeting, you've accomplished and you've gone round to delegate or United share evaluate or sorry United share evaluate delegate if you've delegated and you've done it and just end the call or just have treat that as as connection time and 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 like you said just spend a bit more time just sort of building that trust but other ones is yeah if, if obviously if if you've if you're clear of what your health and and heart goals are you've got to create time for that you know if if you're wanting to get fit you need to sort of put that 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 in your calendar as, as more important than than your meetings because obviously if you're not fit to work there's no point you're not going to do a good job and i think as well when it comes down to whether buffer time is spending time with your family and partner or whatever it's crucial time you know so you need to be sort of factoring that into your calendar as well as your meetings and then in terms of kind of the meeting rhythms yeah, I think kind of our goal is I'm actually part of a hackathon at the moment. It's quite interesting. I'm a bit of a Slack virgin. So when you're on Slack, if you want to be focused, don't get Slack. I apologized for uh, possibly my my use of Slack because I'm not new to it. I generally don't do it. But yeah, I think kind of certainly when you are wanting to do deep work, just, just make sure you've got your email off and you've got your Slack off, everything. Just turn it all off so you can get your head down because... I think an interesting statistic I learned recently uh, is the London Institute of Psychiatry said that kind of constant disruptions or, or use of phone or trying to multitask, it's, it reduces your IQ by 10, 10 points. And that's double the impact of uh, smoking a joint. So in some ways, if you're in a meeting and people are on their phones or on their laptops, uh, this is an in-person meeting or, or you're on a, in a Zoom call and you're seeing someone on their phone or typing away doing emails they might as well be sort of there they're not with it they're not they're not with the meeting let's say and um so yeah that's that rhythm last point on that point i'm going off on one here we have an abc meeting rhythm so monthly or we actually say every 21 days 21 days is to sort of create habits but day one you have an action plan meeting where you really just clear on what you're wanting to achieve by 20 in 21 days then day two, you have a brainstorming meeting to unpack those key goals that you've agreed in, in the action plan meeting. And the reason doing that is ideas are great one day, but sleeping on them, you sort of realize that they're not so great and you might need to sort of rethink it a little bit to make it work better. Again, thinking what high impact, low effort, they're the ideas to execute. And then it's up to you, really. I, we, we recommend daily check-ins, but otherwise day seven, have a check-in meeting and then and then. Um, day 14 have a decision making meeting with the team captain and and that is really the accountability meeting where you just show yes you are making progress or not and 
and then the cycle goes again so it's an abcd rhythm is what we recommend but obviously dependent on the nature of the project dependent on the nature of your culture of the organization that can vary but but i think more importantly just being clear and, and expectations are on a level and everyone's on the same page that's that's the crucial element for, for creating good routines and rhythms with with your peers now thank you so much for that thank you so so much again for taking the time thank you so much for joining us now before we love you and leave you if people want to find out more about yourself get focused the book everywhere else this is the time to direct them to maybe like two key places they can go if they want to find out more or ask you any further questions sure um be delighted to do so easiest one is to go on www.getfocus.team that's the website and then i try to spend less time on facebook more a little bit more time on linkedin um so yeah linkedin just austin nicholas get focused linkedin you should find me and um happy to connect on that and I don't know, maybe we'll inspire you to get up at five o'clock and go and jump in a frozen lake, but probably not. But you'll you'll see a couple of videos of me doing that and, and sharing other bits of advice on trying to yeah, spend your time wisely, really. Thank you so much for listening. Head to oldmarketingschool.com to find out more about the topics that we covered in this week's class. If you want to make your teachers happy, then hop onto iTunes and leave us a five-star review. Oh, and don't forget to spend the love on Instagram at Alt Marketing School. Until next time.